1: Pretty much made it my home, my life, my passion. I have other passions, unfortunately, for my sins. I'm an Arsenal supporter and a Shark supporter, so we're going to do pretty much everything on the show as it pertains to media, marketing and money. But we don't take jokes about Arsenal or the Sharks. Please get in touch with us on our Facebook page, follow us, like us, whatever it takes. We would love you to be involved with the show and uh, we really want to make it as inclusive and as energetic as I know this industry is capable of. Welcome to all our listeners out there this morning. It's great to be back on the Doc and the Guru podcast podcast. And you'll recall that last week, uh, when we were talking, we were looking for a, a name for the a collective noun for the for the docks groupies, and we settled for docklings. So, to all the docklings, again, apologies from mm-hmm. the dockies. Uh, still stuck in London, and doc, I know you glued to. Uh, to your mobile device listening to this so we are fully expecting a, a complete london letter from you um and we just need to establish just how much productive time was going on in london and how much fun time was going on in london and i also just want to be reassured that you're not parachuting yourself into the ukraine as well but you and i will take that one offline and of course, today I think uh, you know it's really important that we just celebrate the performance of of the pro tier cricket team. What an outstanding performance! I think in golf, there's a, there's a stat called uh, bounce back ability. You know, so if you have, if you go from a a, a bogey uh, to uh, you know, sort of coming back under par um you know it's it's, it's a factor and, and the stats are reported bounce back abilities i think this is world-class bounce back ability after the first test to come back on the second test of course in my case bounce back ability means i go from a three putt to a two putt but that's another issue entirely and uh for those of you in fact well let me introduce i guess today because i've got one of my long-standing colleagues which uh, you who you all know in the industry Um, and he is the the chairman uh, well he is the managing director of Magna Investments which is his investment arm and the chairman of the Matrix Group and now I'm going to going to indulge myself in some Mlungu mafia so I'm going to go for coaching lessons here and I've never asked you the question is it how is it how do you pronounce, okay, or can I just call you KG? <laughs> it's Kauhelo. Kauhello. Kauhelo, yes. It's on a name, uh, meaning compassion. Compassion. All right, well, that's good, you see. And he's given me the big thumbs up here for my Mlungu Mouth effort to pronounce that. So Compassion, well-named indeed. And uh, the KG I asked because, of course, KG Rabada uh, was one of the superstars of our pro-tier performance. So well done to, to KG Rabada and uh, Keshen Mahara- Maharaj. Mm-hmm. And it made me think, uh, and you will you will obviously remember this song from 1950, uh, um when when the West Indies beat uh, England at Lords in the second test. And it's a wonderful Calypso cricket song called uh, Ramadan and Valentine. And if you haven't listened to it, uh, then please go and listen to it because I'm breaking what we we need to put together. Not Ramadan and and, uh, Valentine and Calypso beat but uh, Rabada and Maharaj with with a quite a beat. Now quite as, uh, out of date. Today,
0: I'm I'm a piano. There we go, I'm a piano, (laughs) right, there we go. So I'm now up to date both
1: with my music and with my my, uh, cricket and uh, indeed the Ukraine situation. So, Kakela, welcome again. Thanks so much for being here. Um, You know, as as we said earlier, Chairman of uh, Magna Investments, uh, of Matrix Group rather, and MD of of Magna Investments. But in your previous life, uh, and it's a 21-year life in media, it's been a long journey. I mean, your, your previous iteration uh, was as Managing Director of Media Shop. You had some enormous kind of successes there. Uh, but just, just tell our listeners a bit about your, your media journey, because it's, you know, it's an incredible journey with, and you literally started, I think, in the trenches with a lot of, a lot of the colleagues out there. Yeah. Firstly, Gordon,
0: such an honor to be here with you again. You know, we, we go back many years, and, you know, you're one of the people that I've really enjoyed interacting with. I remember the first time we met, I think it was the AMASA uh, workshop. It would uh,
1: have been one of the weekend workshops. The yep.
0: Weekend workshops. Yep. And um, I remember calling you and wanting to show you some research from the UNISA BMI, you know, which um, at the time I was working for the SABC on the African language stations. And there were some stats that I saw there. And I wanted to get your view on it because I felt that, you know, uh, the, 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 the research we're using in the industry wasn't reflecting what was happening in reality, and I wanted to get your view. But, you know, my my journey has been very interesting in that I think I'm probably one of the few people that have had the honor of kind of working on all sides of the industry. You know, having started out working on the media owner side, you know, uh, like I mentioned, started out in radio at the SABC on the African language stations. Then I moved on to Metro FM. Uh, then left, uh went to join uh, ETV. Um, but, you know, when you come from radio, you realize that, you know, radio is a lot more exciting. You know, they, it allows you to come up with a lot more ideas. It's a lot more flexible. Um, and then I had an opportunity to go and work in, in KZN uh, for East Coast Radio, um, which really was quite an eye-opener, I think, you know, in that, at the time, I think it was the one radio station that reflected the aspirations of a province. You know, mm. and I always mm. say media is a reflection of society. Yeah. You know, and and East Coast Radio gave me an insight into how through programming you can become an inclusive radio station. You know, so at the time, while the majority of the audiences historically were either Indian or white listeners. Mm. When I was there in two thousand and four and five, fifty percent was black and a lot of it was young. Yes. And it was just interesting how, you know, the the programming manager at the time, you know, Kevin Mering, really kind of worked the radio station in such a way that, you know, we're able to 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 drive revenue with our core audience, but also kind of build a new audience without being a schizophrenic radio station. Um and it also just taught me that, you know, like Media in this country, especially broadcast media, really exist because of us, you know, and the content has to serve us as, yeah. as listeners. Um, yeah, then I came back to SABC. I headed up trade marketing for all the radio stations. Um, and then my last job at the time um, within um, kind of this space um, was as a client at the Piermont Group. Uh, was the group marketing services. Oh yes, I'd and lost that link. Okay, yeah. Yes, yeah. and um, you know I went to basically look after our casino resorts, um, uh, most of them in South Africa in Botswana. Um, and Botswana, um, and and that was great, you know, just to get exposure as a client, um, and then left and uh, in the middle of the global pandemic, you know, decided to start a business um, that essentially managed uh, talented personalities, you know, so from musicians to radio personalities, because, you know, when I was young, um, in the late 80s, we had a chance to, to go to the US. You know, my, my mom got a scholarship um, to go and study at Harvard in 1988. And my father also, my parents are academics. My father was doing his PhD. Um, So he was doing a lot of his research there. So we managed to make the trip. And I was astounded as a 12-year-old at the time how brands were being endorsed by human beings. You know, and that's something obviously I'd never seen in South Africa. And that image never left my mind. And while working through sort of the media owner side, obviously dealing with a lot of media agencies and so forth, I realized that, you know, a lot of our... At the time, I mean, this is like early 90s, early uh, 2000s. A lot of our media practitioners were not aware of how the majority of people were living, right? Because of our abnormal past, you know, Mm. many had not been into a township and so forth. And I had friends who were musicians. And when I went to their shows, I mean, they had thousands and thousands of people coming to watch them. And I always kind of saw music and entertainment as a media channel. You know, while it's not quantified, but it's a channel nonetheless. And I always dreamed of starting a business that essentially could help these talented people who many of them live from hand to mouth. um, You know, start a business that allows brands to see how they can partner up with them. So potentially what we call influencer marketing today. And again, um, sort of this was the genesis of social media. So there was some kind of currency where you could quantify how many people are following them and so forth. And I can almost say, you know, our company, which was Dream Team Talent Management, was was a pioneer in, in what we call uh, uh, um, influencer marketing yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, I uh, did that. And then, you know, as you lastly said, the one thing that was missing in this whole thing was actually working within a media agency, you know, so... Um, I'd also previously, sorry, while we started Dream Team, I'd also then uh, become a partner in an agency called Branswell, which was a through the nine agency, Uh, very much a creative agency, but, you know, doing activations and all those other things. So, you know, I'd worked as a media owner, I'd worked as a client, I'd worked in a creative agency. The one thing missing was a media agency. And uh, when the opportunity came um, to, to join the media shop, you know, I was very grateful for that opportunity. I mean, it's not an opportunity that comes by often, um, and um, and and I think also like an agency that's pioneered, um, you know, almost from from its inception, being the first independent media agency in the country. Yeah. Correct, from day one, yeah. Yeah, and then also just working with the wonderful people there, you know, uh, Chris Porter, Sean Clark, Nami, you know, Benita Bachman, and the rest of the EXCO team who had been part of the the organization was really great for me, you know. And um, and of course, then the pandemic came, and I think for me, when there's trouble in the world, I kind of feel it's time to go and start something like I did in 2009, starting Dream Team. You know, when the pandemic came, I just had this thing that maybe it's time to go and start a, a group, you know, an, uh, an IMC and a group. And uh, that's essentially kind of where I am at the moment.
1: You yeah. Know? Yeah. So, I mean, and that's interesting because, I mean, you had enormous success during your tenure at Media Shop. I mean, financial mail, ad focus network, agency of the year, full service agency of the year. So it, it was, uh, I think many of us were taken by surprise. Um, uh, at that time, but I mean, as you say, you, you've always had a kind of a wanderlust from an entrepreneurial perspective. And I think that's part of your, your family dynamic as well, I guess. Um, so tell us a bit about the structure of the group. I mean, you know, uh, for our uh, listeners out there... Um, Hiller was trying desperately to explain this to me this morning. So he's arrived here with a whiteboard under his arm and a pen. So he's he's going to draw a sketch on the wall here, and he's going to try and explain to me <laughs> how the group cascades because it's quite multifaceted. As indeed I think uh, to be a successful group uh, these days, you've got to have a couple of arrows in your in your bow um, in order to uh, to really kind of cover all the bases. So give us an idea of the of the the group how it's structured, and then we're going to talk about. Um, Matrix Group, and particularly TMI Media, which has, has also had a rebranding. So take us through that journey, the structure, and then and up to TMI Media and, and, and the brand, rebrand there. Yeah, I think, you know, firstly, you know,
0: in the middle of a pandemic, you know, to leave a job at a very established agency which has stable clients and a proven track record, you know, was a risk. You know, I mean, I know a lot of my family were like, are you mad? You know, there was so much uncertainty and so forth. But I also, like I said, I mean, I think when there's a bit of adversity, you know, as an entrepreneur, it kind of then forces me to look for opportunities. And, and I think for me, what happened this time was I, I really looked at the areas where I'd always wanted to eventually end up in within business, you know, so kind of looking at some new economies that I think are going to come up. Mm. You know, I think within the continent we've been very focused on things like mining and you know financial services and and all of that. But I mean we've seen in recent times that you know there's new areas that are opening up uh, and are accelerating, you know if you look at fintech and so forth. So Megne Investment Holdings essentially is a is a group company that uh, has verticals um that look at areas like renewable energy, um, we we look at what I call TMT, uh, so technology, media mm-hmm. and telecoms, which are fast becoming one thing. You know, the convergence yeah, happening absolutely. there.
1: Uh, absolutely. We saw that. I mean, we had uh, Kantar on last week. We talked about uh, the West African report and that point came out very strongly from the counter report into west africa absolutely the yes. convergence that i can't remember the phrases that we use but you know the future is in your hand i mean literally yes. that device, that device uh, yeah. yeah 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 so
0: so that's kind of one other vertical you know within the medical cannabis space you know again a new opportunity a new space especially for us in africa mm. you know i think that You know, it's going to create a lot of jobs um, and and also just, you know, we're going to derive a lot of income as a country from that.
1: Yeah, I see that's a priority from the the Sonar, uh, or not Sonar, the... The SOPA as well, for Houting as well. For Houting as well, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, of course, (laughs) ironically, linking cannabis to marketing and communication (laughs) in the (laughs) non-medicinal senses (laughs) is something the industry probably knows more about than I do, (laughs) but we're not going to go down that route. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. So out of that,
0: essentially, a matrix group then fulfills kind of the TMT um, uh, uh, vertical in that, you know, we, we basically looked at creating um, uh, a group that if effectively invests in specialist agencies. So, you know, I mean, you would know in the good old days when we were all full service, uh, when media was in there yeah. and... And I think how creative agencies have evolved over time is they try and bring in a lot of these services in-house. Um, my thing has always been that I'm not sure it's always worked because I think everybody eventually wants to take care of their own P&L, uh, depending on how the, the agency is structured. You know, So even though they offer activations, they offer PR and so forth, very often, they don't get to share their client across all those verticals internally. Yeah,
1: and I mean, and we don't always peak at the same time, you know. Yeah. So, and whether you're media owner or, or agency, uh, when you're having to explain to one pillar yes. uh, or one silo why they're cross subsidizing the other guys who didn't perform last week, um, it doesn't necessarily go down all that well. Yes. So that, that's always going to be the challenge that cross subsidization of the bottom line. You know? 100%.
0: You're listening to The Dark and the Guru proudly brought to you by Infinity Media. The, the view I took was to instead invest in specialist agencies, right, that are owner managed and owner run purely because I think we're also moving into an era where people are doing business with people and not companies doing business with companies. Mm-hmm. You know, I think uh, since the genesis of the pandemic, the world is becoming more and more about people. And that's actually the basis of our existence. Our existence is is purely around people being the start of everything we do. Um, You know, a lot of people say they start with data. My thing is that if you don't understand people, you don't have a context to the data, right? And without people, there is no data. And I know understanding people is actually a lot more hard work. You want to kind of see that data aggregated, mm. but it's so nuanced, especially in South Africa, where you know geographically, depending on where you grow up and where you live, um you know you could be an Indian person growing up in Durban. I can tell you that you're not necessarily the same as an Indian person growing up in Joburg or you could be a colored person growing up in Joburg, you're necessarily the same colored person growing up in 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 Western Cape. In the same way, you could be a Zulu person; you're definitely not the same as a Tswana person. So, and that's why I started my career in the African language stations because my thing was always that you need to understand the majority of the people. Because if you say to me as a client that your sales are down in KZN and you're in FMCG, I can be as definitive as saying that Zulu people are not buying it. I don't need any research. And my starting point is to understand why Zulu people are not buying it. Yeah,
1: and I I think that's something we've we've covered a lot in the show. It's it's a passion of mine. I don't understand why we don't do more regional marketing in South Africa. This playing playing to the central space and saying, well, I've got a national TV campaign Mm is crazy. If you analyse the vast majority of national TV campaigns against a regional playout, there yeah. you know, massive fluctuations. So yeah. it's a huge opportunity, and the other point we've we've talked a lot about uh, with respect to transformation is this continued reliance on English commercials, which I find yeah. staggering. I mean, yeah. it's incredible uh, that we are still producing 90, well, maybe not 90, but 80% of communication still in English, yeah. um, which which I, I can't get my head around yeah. uh, and how, why we still have to sell that to people. So, yeah, I think that that's really important. Bringing it back to the people um, is an issue for me and a question which we weren't going to talk about, but it just occurs to me from that um, investment on magna um if there are listeners out there who who are startups, are you in the i uh, listen to startups business as well? can people contact you about that if if they're in the in the mark, mark comms or tech business? Yeah, definitely open to listen you know um, and as long as it fits in with our strategy,
0: which you know essentially is we want to connect the continent over time you know we we, we really want to partner with people genuinely so within different parts of the continent, you know, markets that we see as growth markets. um, You know, everybody kind of looks at East and West Africa. But, I mean, we're seeing huge movements, for instance, in the likes of North Africa, you know, which is very different to kind of other parts of the country, but the potential of growth uh, there and also parts of West Africa as well. uh, You know, the Cote wars and so forth. Um, And therefore, you know, that's what we want to spend a bit of our time looking at now, Um, terms of looking at who we can partner, we've already got an affiliate in in, in East Africa, uh, in Kenya, specifically, and then someone in in West Africa in in, in Lagos. But we want to start looking at other markets as well, you know, so very keen to, to look at people who are doing interesting stuff that essentially will expedite some of the things that we're trying to do and 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 to your point you made a valid point that you know for me tech is going to be the thing that that does that you know i think when i was at the media shop i often used to ask myself what would take me out of this job and and a lot of it came back to tech yes you know um how do we create things like marketplaces and so forth so that's another project we're busy with kind of as a phase three in, in, in where we're going. So at the moment, as Magni our starting point was agencies because they are closest to clients in terms of delivering the work for clients. Mm. So we've got media, we've got shopper, we've got research, we've got uh, digital, we've got digital creative, we've got uh, through the line, we've got eventing and activations, uh, we've got PR. So, um, and we've also done a strategic partnership um, with a, a foresight strategist Um, There's only 6,000 in the world. There's only 200 in Africa, right? And um, uh, we've set up a a company called uh, Foresight Africa, uh, which is a consultancy, which essentially studies how people are going to be behaving in the future. You know, so, you know, we're looking at kind of how do we future fit and help our clients future fit themselves for the future. You know, because I think, very often, we all focus on what's happening now, and, and naturally so, because it's what pays the bill. Mm. But we want to be forward-looking, and we also want to have a perspective beyond South Africa. I think a lot of companies from South Africa that venture into the continent fail, because we want to impose our way of doing things, assuming that they will work. And they often don't work. You know, you, you have to almost localize and understand. That's why m M-PESA was never going to work here because first you need to understand what M-PESA means. Yes. And you needed to understand what problem M-PESA was solving. Yes, yes. And then adapt it to South Africa. Not kind of bring it here as it is because it's working in another yeah. market. Yeah. So that level of customization is so critical. And I think it's the thing that, you know, a lot of us don't do it often too well. Because, you know, we, we almost want... Uh, to benchmark up against something that's happened before and therefore that worked and let's do it this way. I always think that it's the ones that really understand what the pain points are and then come up with the solutions for that. You know, Um, look at my brother's company, Yoko, and, and his partners. You know, they haven't come up with anything new. All they've done is that they've understood what the pain points are in terms of people getting... Card acceptance or people being able to, uh, yeah, well, uh, entrepreneurs being able to accept uh, Mm. card payments—that's the problem they solved for because the banks were short of asking for a DNA sample just to give you a card machine. Yeah, and all they did is they just took that process and expedited, made it quicker, almost like you know you going to a cell phone shop and getting a SIM card that within an hour you're able to phone. So why can't you do that with Penis
1: Yeah, look, I mean, it's extraordinary now. We sit and think about uh, not to make light of the Ukraine situation earlier. And if I did, Seem as though I was making luck of me, just apologise to anybody. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more serious than that. But it's intrigued me to see the business response to this from the banking sector and how mm-hmm. crucial uh, the, that the, you know, the freedom of movement of money is to to a, a global economy and a, and I guess to a pan African economy as well. Um, just bringing it back to uh, the rebranding of. Uh, TMR Media to uh, Kentara uh, or Kintara, d- d- tell us a bit about that and and Kentara, the name itself is quite intriguing. Yeah, uh, it's not what I thought because it's got like an African ring to the to the ear, but it's not African. It's not African. It's actually Japanese, you know. And um,
0: but it was just inspired by you know the values it stood for, you know, and it's about this golden child who takes care of people in the village and so forth. So really, time back to our core. Uh, fundamentals as a group mm. of like people and caring about people and um we also just saw it as an opportunity you know we we didn't have we didn't own the name you know because when the business mm. was started you know there was also a digital company uh that was also kind of um linked but yeah. they were run separately and you know for me there, there was always going to be a risk for us you know um so we we decided to rebrand and you know like you say the name actually is quite agnostic you know when you hear it it doesn't say anything it's language agnostic mm. and and anyone can pronounce it you know so um even me <laughs> yeah so we rebranded beginning of the month and um, you know i think it's been well received and it also just coincided also with um Just an announcement previous to that with um, a win of both the Sunlam and Santam account.
1: Yes, I I was going to come to that and uh, that well done on that. Um, You know, just coming back to the positioning itself, um, you talk about three pillars of future focused media solutions integration, intelligence, and innovation. I like the sound of it. I'm just trying to put the people in there. Is it, is, are those three pillars of interaction for your, for your people? Or how, how does it work in, in, re, in real time? So I think like, and I think maybe it's one of the things that gave us an
0: edge in, in, in this particular pitch. So when we pitched, firstly, we didn't pitch like a typical media agency with graphs and all kinds of stuff. We, we knew that we pitched into to marketers and we used our other companies as part of the pitch. So our research company has a a tool, they've got an online panel, which essentially can give us results within 72 hours, right? So we went about and got, you know, asked a few questions that related to the pitch. We then used our video production company to work with our strategy team to go and do voxpops. Yeah, which is
1: yeah. a, so underutilized as a, as a tool for understanding the market. Exactly. And then from there, we, uh, one
0: of the requirements was then to to give a case study and mm. we gave a case mm. study of one of our clients, you know. So, so, you know, it gave us an opportunity to demonstrate how we work, you know. And essentially the integration, which is what Matrix Group is about, is both... Horizontal and vertical. So, one of the so within Matrix Group, you know, like you mentioned, I'm the chair. We've got an MD, uh, Dineo. I've got Dumi, who's head of client service, and I've got James, who's our financial director. Dumi's job essentially is to work horizontally. You know, so she sits in status meetings, and because we understand that everybody focuses on what pays their, 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 their daily bread, they, they don't often think of the other offerings Mm. we have. Mm. And Dumi's job essentially is to harmonize all of that. Um, And I think in the pitch, for instance, in this particular case, in the example I just gave you, demonstrates that, right? That we're able to tap into other resources within our group to essentially drive integration. Because we often talk about it, I'm not sure it always happens, you know? So even with us, the reason we call the company matrix is the idea can come from anywhere. The idea can come from the PR guys, and then we can then work it into a co-creative idea and then see how it lives on media. You know, we've recently done that for for PPC, Cement, where the 130-year celebration, um, that contract was was run by Mm. us. And five or six of our agencies were involved in that, you know, from
1: That idea, that idea can come from anywhere thing is really important. And I I recall back in my days when I was with OMD, um, you know, I had a very strong philosophy then, which I had really embedded as well in media. Sales guys coming into me said, look, if you bring a pitch in on a client X and you don't win that pitch, bring it to me because we've got. 50 clients, you know, the yes. fact that it wasn't a good idea for the client you thought it might be doesn't mean I can't use it somewhere else. So our mantra was simple. You, no good idea should be allowed to leave, you know, OMD um, as a, you know, just as a thought process. And I think yeah. that Cross pollination, you've got to embed just bringing it back to the win, which is nice. Um, and your foresights, guys, I mean, your foresights team are they good enough to actually predict neck You know, when when Chiefs might actually win the game next? <laughs> so, i have had a, a really bad spell at the moment. Um, although Arsenal's doing better, but Chiefs is not giving me uh, much peace at the moment. Oh, gosh, I mean, yeah. I don't know.
0: Uh, no comment there. You
1: no know, comment. No That's comment. <laughs>
0: so, as, as we I get don't want to, to walk onto the landmine here. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. I think, uh, anyway, but all right.
1: So as we get to wrap up time, um, again, just a quick one. H- how do people get hold of you, particularly guys who want to, want to talk about startup with you?
0: Um, so they can either reach me on Kaugelo K-G-A-U-G-E-L-O at miholdings.co.za or kauhelo at matrixgroup.co.za um, or info at matrixgroup.co.za Yeah,
1: and just uh, again for on point of clarification, uh, when he was talking about the golden child that nurtures the entire village, he wasn't talking about the dock. Um, he was just being figurative. Um now, just a final point as well, because I know we've got a lot, a lot of industry uh, listeners and a lot of young people in the industry. As a, as a media industry leader yourself in South Africa, what encouragement and advice do you have for young people who, like yourself, uh, you know, have walked the journey? And, and I noticed with interest that Denea herself has a, has a radio background as well. So this is, to a degree, history repeating itself. So what words of encouragement would you have for young people as we begin now to emerge from this pandemic?
0: I think, you know, Gordon, the most important thing is, and and I I say to a lot of young people, it's patience. You know, I think like this industry, you know, like you said, it's taken me about 23 years to kind of get to where I'm at. And I've taken the time to immerse myself with the different aspects. So Mm -hmm. where I sit here, I'm able to understand who needs to see value, you know, in whatever we're doing, you know, and... And that comes from just experience. You know, I always say you can't buy experience. You know, you need to take the time to become a subject matter specialist so that you use that knowledge to monetize the rest of yeah. your life. You yeah. know, um, and, and I think that's the one thing that I want to encourage young people, that there's never a shortcut to success. And I know, you know, social media, you know, pressurizes them a lot. You know, because some people make it look easy uh, that, you know, yeah. you could literally just look pretty on Instagram and all of a sudden you'll be a, a multimillionaire if you've got 20 million followers. Right. And yes, that's true. But then what, you know, like, I think we all need to always remember that we, we, we are gifted, mm. you know, and we need to, to always strive to, to reach our greatest potential you know, to stick in our own lane, yeah. Um, not to be competitive, not to make money the core of success. You know, so you know, I've seen a lot of young people who move because somebody's going to pay them an, an extra five grand, but they're not really going to learn more. Yeah. You know, so there are a lot of people hopping around and so forth, you know. And I've always said, you know, at least give yourself three years in a job at the yeah. very least. You know, use the first year to learn, Second year to use what you've learned, and then third year, excel in what you've learned. And if you still feel there's room, then continue going, you know. Mm-hmm. But don't, 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 don't be impatient, you yeah. know, because at some point you're going to get to a point where you've got the money because, you know, because of transformation. For instance, as a black employee, you're likely to earn more than what we used to earn back in the day. Mm. Uh, simply because at the moment the laws are, are are really pushing hard for transformation. But the problem is, you know, if it's if you're doing it just for money, you not we're not helping to build the industry. You know, so I've seen a lot of the guys I started with at some point, you know, left the industry because, you know, they just felt they'd hit the ceiling or they weren't getting opportunities to move up. Yeah. But I think it's in all our interest to nurture talent you know, to do career pathing, um, not just to tick the box, yeah. but also for young people to use the opportunity they have to learn as much as they can from the seniors in their organization. And even if they're not in your organization, people that are within, you know, the industry that, yeah. you know, people like yourselves, you know, who have have been there and are still here. You know, I mean, this is part of giving back, you know, just yeah. you bringing people here and, and almost... Um, Spreading the word beyond just a conversation you could have with one or two people over a beer, you know, that essentially here we are scaling the conversation. And, you know, forums like this for me are are really powerful because, you know, there are times people don't know who they can go and speak to. They don't know what to say. And also are sensitive to when they ask questions, they think people are going to think they're stupid. So we just need to almost, you know, all understand that this industry will only succeed if we embrace the talent because it's just some people are naturally talented but there needs to be a foundation to everything you know talent for me alone is not good enough you know you also need to have substance you know you also need to have a grounding so that you know you can you can hold a conversation and 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 really understand what you're talking about you know um, our industry has a lot of buzzwords you know there'll be a buzzword Mm. for six months Mm. And you'll hear people throwing it around. Half of them don't even know what that word means. You know. Yeah, I think
1: you know you, you've raised a very good point, and I'm going to allow that to be the wrap-up um, because I can't really top those insights. That's absolutely brilliant, particularly this year as we look forward to uh, re-energising the Mac, Mac Charter. You said the people need to understand what they're talking about, and I made this point uh, just last week at, at an SABC presentation where. Uh, a number of people have said to me, you know, that young people in in the industry don't know what they're doing, and I've said no, that's actually not my my experience of it at all. They know exactly what they're doing. In fact, they're very good at what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But what we have failed to do as management and senior people is explain to them why they're doing it, yes. and that for me is that macro perspective. So, I hope that as we as we wrap up on those on those very positive notes that you've made there. Uh, in the year of uh, re-energizing the MAC charter again, as I say, that education has got to be a key to it. You cannot transform the industry without equipping people and giving them the skills. Just putting somebody in a job to tick a box is, is not transformation. That's abandonment, yeah. and we've got to avoid that. So, Kajela, again, just thanks so much for the time. I really appreciate it, and it's great to see you flying high like this after all these years, and looking forward to working with you and your team and, and having you as, as, as a more active part of the narrative uh, as we try to expand the Doc and Guru podcast in the coming years. So thanks for the time. I really appreciate it.
0: Thank you so much, Gordon. Always good to see you, and thanks for the opportunity. Cool.
1: Thank and to you. all our listeners out there, thanks for joining us. Ciao for now.
2: And so that was another episode of The Doc and the Guru. Please don't uh, forget to get a hold of us on Facebook. Like us, follow us, uh, subscribe to the podcast. And then from my side, you can get a hold of me on LinkedIn, Dr. Doug Mataz. I'm uh, very active and very keen to hear about your views uh, and certainly will respond. And hopefully we can bring that into the show. Thanks, Doc, and it's uh, Gordon
1: Miller, the guru, signing off. Thank you for being with us and listening into this podcast today. You can pick up the discussion with me on my Twitter handle, at Mzanzi Media, and I'd love to engage with you on any of the issues that we've taken on in the show. And take us at our word, this is really going to be an open forum. There are no subjects that are taboo, and we'd love to have some of the younger, more under-listened, if that's the correct phrase, uh, voices to join us uh, in this discussion. Thanks for your time. The Dark and the
0: Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry.